Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. Hey, this is Trip Lanier, host of the New Man Podcast. What you're about to hear is the audio taken from a video that I've created. And it may make a lot more sense if you can actually see the visuals that go along with what you're hearing. You can watch all of the videos by visiting thenewmanpodcast.com. What are we talking about today? We're talking about if we're tired of being in this chronic, lousy mood. We're talking about feeling tired of being uninspired. Uh, what if we're tired of hearing ourselves bitch and complain? Chances are other people are tired of hearing us bitch and complain. What if we're tired of sucking it up. Folks say they want to own their power. They say they want to be their best selves. They say they want to be an effective leader. Well, let's consider our mood. How could our mood be used to our advantage? That's what we're going to be diving in today. I'm going to go over a very simple, very basic process to turn your mood into information and then turn that into powerful action. On the other side of that, we get to feel more empowered, we get to feel more energized, we get to feel more free. In case you don't know who I am, I'm Trip Lanier. I'm a professional coach, host of the New Man Podcast, which has been downloaded millions of times. I'm also the author of This Book Will Make You Dangerous. And for whatever we talk about today, keep whatever works for you and throw out the rest. Um... Let's set a little context here. Why, why do moods matter? Why do we care about moods? Moods make us more effective. Think about it. A good mood opens the door for us to take more action. We get more stuff done when we're in a good mood. We're in a lousy mood. We just want to lay around. We want to procrastinate. We want to kick things through the curb. Good moods open the doors for us in terms of relationships. Who wants to hang out with Mr. Poopy Pants? Guy who's stinking up the room. Nobody. Uh, a good mood makes it easier for us to connect and build trust with others. A good mood helps us see opportunities. When we're in a bad mood, we tend to be pessimistic. We tend to be focused on threats, all the things that could go wrong. When we're in a good mood, we focus on the possibilities. We see opportunities all around us. Bottom line, our mood has a drastic impact on what we do and obviously how we experience our life. Now, we can tell we're, we're kind of struggling with mood based on the actions and the behaviors that we're doing. So what do we typically do when we're in a lousy mood? 
we numb ourselves. We work too much. We get stuck in being busy, but convincing ourselves that we have to constantly be busy. We get stuck in our screens. We get stuck in news. We believe we have to always be up and up to date on all the latest news. We need to be up to date on all the social media bullshit. Uh, porn comes in big. Porn's a big one when we're in a lousy mood. Porn's a way that we look for a relief and, and an escape from our, our lousy mood. Uh, we tend to get involved in drama and talking shit about others. Uh, obviously, complaining and bitching and moaning, as we said. But then there's also the uh, the uh, you know the most reliable ones of alcohol and weed and drugs and all those types of things that tr- attempt to pull us and numb ourselves, pull us pull us out of our moods and numb ourselves from them. So. Lousy moods are often the result of lousy habits. We can't expect to feel good. We can't expect to feel energized when we're getting poor sleep, when we're not doing any kind of movement, when we're eating poorly, when we don't get time outside with folks, when we're not hanging out with with our friends. Yeah, we're going to feel like shit. Food's a huge one for me. I'm learning more and more about my brain every year. If I skip protein in the morning, I can guarantee that I will be in an aggravated, lousy mood in the afternoon. We've got to understand how sugar and caffeine and alcohol create the peaks that we love, but then also how they create the valleys that we're not really crazy about. Um, All of that impacts dopamine, serotonin, which those are the chemicals that govern the moods that we're in. So We've got to treat ourselves well. If we want it at, at the most fundamental, basic level, a good mood is dependent upon our brain chemistry, which means we've got to treat ourselves well. We can't expect to have good moods if, we were, if we've got poor habits. We can't wait for our mood to give us per- permission to do what's best for us, meaning, hey, if I'm not in the mood to, to go to bed earlier, I'm not in the mood to eat well, I'm not in the mood to do some movement or ABC. I can't wait for myself to be in the mood. I've got to do that stuff anyway. That's what's going to put me in a, in a better state of mind. All right. That said, a lot of times our mood is an indicator. It's a product of when we have given up our power. Our mood is typically an indicator that we are protecting or pleasing or proving. We've convinced ourselves that We can't do anything. We're kind of stuck in this situation. We're hemmed in, we're confined, and we're playing the victim. And and we we believe this because it's too dangerous to to do any any kind of alternative choice. It's too dangerous to speak up or make a move or make a proposal request, whatever it might be. Result, we feel fragile. We feel trapped. We feel drained. We feel isolated. We feel bored. We feel overwhelmed, whatever it might be. None of that stuff's good. I don't know anybody who wants that. So what if instead of tolerating these lousy moods and just acting like, hey, this is just how life is, we could get curious. We could start to see these moods as information. We could learn how to cut the crap, get out of victimhood, act with power, become more effective, that we could learn how to turn feeling trapped and drained and start to see those as the doorways to the opposite of those, which is feeling alive and free. Let me tell you a story about a client and where we where we were able to to do a version of this for himself. So, client's business is humming along; he's doing really well. It was time for them to make a new hire. Great. It's also really challenging. It's a vulnerable place. It's edgy to to lean into new things like this. Uh, nonetheless, they push through it, make the new hire. It's an exciting time. Every that first week's the honeymoon. Everything seems to be going great. Awesome. Fantastic. 
Two weeks later, though, my, my client shows up on the call. He's not feeling so fantastic. He's in this lousy mood, and he, but his attitude towards is like, you know, what's wrong with me? Why do, why do I get into these lousy moods? Like, you know, it's like as if his mood was something that was just happening to him and he was powerless to do anything about it. So I proposed, why don't we look at this mood as information? Why don't we get curious about this mood? Let's look at where you were a few weeks ago and let's see what was, what was working then and why you were energized and why you were lit up. At that time, the situation with the new hire was such that things were very transparent. There was a lot of communication. There was a lot of accountability. Things were getting done. Things were humming along. They were in a groove. It was all, all great. What was happening now was a lot different. There wasn't so much accountability. There wasn't so much transparency. Communication had tapered off. Uh, his new hire was flaking a bit. And as a result, my client was feeling scared. He was feeling vulnerable. He kind of gotten himself into this place where he was frustrated, angry. He's like, this isn't working. This isn't fitting. And he felt like he was stuck in this place. But instead of settling for this, instead of feeling like we were stuck in this place, we got curious and we said, okay, well, what do you actually want this new hire to do? Given that this was what was working a couple of weeks ago and given that this is where you are now and as a result, you're feeling this way, what do you want instead? And so we made a list of the very specific behaviors. We made a list of the very specific things that he wanted to have happen differently with the new hire. All simple, really easy to do, but resistance shows up. My client immediately starts to get tense and he starts to push back and he's like, well, wait a second. If we do this stuff, I'm going to end up being the micromanager. And here we are. Now we're up against his competing commitment. Now we're up against the thing that had kept him in this bind. This is what feels dangerous for him. This is what the root of his resistance. This is why he was choosing to give up his power. He was, he had fear. He was scared to be seen a certain way. He'd been micromanaged by other folks in the past and he didn't want to be one of those guys. Speaking up, making these requests, this was dangerous to his self-image. He was committed to protecting himself from uncomfortable conversations. He was committed to pleasing, to making sure that he was always liked. He was committed to proving that he was one of the cool guys and he wasn't a douche like some of his previous managers. And this is why he was choosing to give up his power instead of owning what he wanted. This is what actually was leading to the shitty mood. It was the belief that he couldn't speak up. It was the belief that he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't. And he was trapped and drained as a result. So what's the answer here? I discussed this in, the, in uh, this book will make you dangerous. We've, the first step is we've got to become aware of when we are protecting and pleasing and proving. And then we want to pivot out of that to be bold, to be playful, to get over ourselves, and then speak up for what we want. On that day, my client left that call. We had a very, he and I had a very clear uh, set of agreements on what he was going to do. I held him accountable to that. He had the conversation with his new hire, and as a result, immediately was feeling far more empowered, feeling lighter, feeling expansive. All right, so what can we take away from all this? Step one, we have to be aware of our mood. Instead of just Going along with the flow, being on autopilot, we have to wake up and say, wait a second, my mood is information. It's like the check engine light on your dashboard. Something's off. There's something off track here. Being aware of that is step number one. Step number two, instead of choosing to numb ourselves or distract ourselves, we want to get curious. We want to make the effort and get out of autopilot, get present and ask ourselves, 
okay, what's going on here? In this moment, given that I'm feeling this way, what do I want instead? And then step three, speak up. We want to turn our frustrations into clear requests or clear proposals. We want to turn expectations into clear agreements, meaning what's going to be done, who's going to do it, and when is it going to be done by? Steve Chandler's done some great works about uh, some great work around uh, turning expectations into agreements. Go check that out. And the other thing we want to do is we want to check out our assumptions. Uh, assumptions are things that when we believe they're stories in our mind, they typically only exist in our mind. Sometimes they're right, but most of the time they're way off. Uh, an assumption is, oh, this is what's going on. And when I believe that this is what's going on, I feel terrible. So we want to be aware of that assumption and say, hey, is this really what's going on? I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to ask this person, is this really true, uh, this story, this assumption that I'm carrying? Keep in mind, all of this is going to feel, quote, dangerous, meaning it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel risky. We're going to run up against the possibility of being judged or criticized. Um, this is why so many of us choose to cover their, our asses. We choose to kiss ass. We choose to prove that we're not an ass instead of owning what we want. Keep in mind, this weight, this discomfort, what feels like a burden is actually your power. Do not let the effort or a pain in the ass get in the way of you utilizing your power. Do not let a pain in the ass have you betray yourself and give up your power. Avoiding stuff, stewing in poison, that's what breeds anxiety. That's what breeds helplessness. That's what keeps our nervous system in the shitter. Getting aware, getting curious, steering directly into our challenges and doing stuff about it, that's what nips it in the bud. Things get handled, and as a result, our nervous system calms down. We feel lighter, we feel energized, we feel empowered. Again, we got to take care of the fundamental pieces. We got to take care of those foundational things. We've got to make sure that we're giving our brains and our bodies what they need in order to feel good. Otherwise, we're going to be in a lousy mood no matter what. If you want to explore these ideas even further, be sure to check out This Book Will Make You Dangerous at DangerousBookstore.com. There's a ton of free resources available at TheNewManPodcast.com. Uh, if you want to learn more about the coaching work that I do, visit TripLanier.com. Here's to you living with greater freedom, aliveness, love, and peace. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to take full advantage of all that The New Man has to offer, be sure to visit thenewmanpodcast.com and grab the solutions I've created to help you play a bigger game, align your profession with what really matters, and keep your relationships out of the ditch. It's all available at thenewmanpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.